All right, you got a great lesson today. Amen. Studying about one of the patriarchs. God call rather gives birth to a nation. Talking about the call of God over the this series of lessons. It's so important to be able to hear the call of God in our lives. Let's begin out with our lesson text here in Genesis chapter 12, verse number 1. Well, up and down. My bifocals ain't that good. Genesis chapter 12, verse number 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out. God has some pretty interesting language sometimes, don't he? He just gets our attention uh, sometimes. He said, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. Um, wow. What more can you hope for in life than God to make you a promise that you are going to be a blessing? Uh, success is really very pale beside somebody that is a person that is a blessing. Because I know a lot of successful people, and uh, they don't have any friends. They don't have any reason to live. Life is drudgery to them. Uh, it's, it's, it's a mess. But when you, you find somebody that God has touched and God has anointed, and they are a person that, you know, the world put something on it and they go the wrong direction but they call it the modest touch everything you touch turns into gold well uh, that's a cute little story and we know in the end that that particular blessing that the person thought they had became a curse because they destroyed the things that they really loved but to have that godly touch upon your life so that you're able to reach out into those that are around you, it, your uh, life, it's kind of like a, a pool, you know. The Holy Ghost Spirit just moves out, and those that are around you begin to be blessed by uh, being in your wake, being in your area of influence around you. And I, I'm, I'm thankful for that. I, I'm thankful for people that have this promise and have taken hold of it and uh, are truly a blessing to others. Uh, Friday night we were there in Little Rock, and after service uh, they do an awesome job of hospitality. They, they gave a, a great complimentary meal to all the ministers and their families, and uh, they had something they uh, had dubbed jalapeno chicken. And uh, I enjoyed it. it. It was really, really good. They, uh, it was, they had a special breading on their chicken nuggets, and uh, then mixed in with the chicken nuggets were little breaded jalapenos. And um, they cooked those jalapenos, so that took a, 
uh, the bite out of the jalapeno and just made it nice and spicy. And so uh, it, it was awesome. But uh, through all of that, uh, Pastor Holmes, uh, he came around to all the ministers who were there, and he had lost his voice. He couldn't even talk. But he was mouthing the fact. He said, thank you for coming. Thank you. I'm so glad you came. And, uh, you know, he said it two or three times. Uh, here he was. He was someone that was blessing others with his hospitality. He had opened his church up, worked hard to put all these things together. Uh, but within him was that spirit of loving and caring and blessing that he wanted to have that personal touch to his visitors. He wanted his visitors to know, uh, you know, I'm glad that you came. I know it cost you something to come also. Uh, and uh, you blessed us by coming. Uh, and so that is something that God wants to put into our life. He wants us to be someone that will bless the others that are around us. It, it is a sad thing when we enter into a, an area where that it is just a vacuum. It's just a consumer. All it does is just suck things into it and nothing ever comes out. Nothing is ever productive. And spiritually speaking... Uh, that is one of the traps of the devil. The devil wants you to just become a spiritual vacuum. Uh, and I realize that there are times that we do have to consume a lot spiritually uh, because of the battles that we're fighting. Uh, and we see that Paul, when Paul was in his conversion, especially when you first come to the Lord, there's a lot of things you're sorting out, a lot of things you put together that Paul set underneath the teachings uh, there for probably uh, two to three years and just learned of the Word of God. And that's awesome within itself because Paul was not a uh, biblical idiot. He, he was not a novice to the Word of God. He had, he had been trained at the feet of Gamaliel. He knew all about the law and the prophets. He had all of that down. But yet he still sat underneath the man of God and got the teachings of Jesus Christ that he needed to apply the knowledge that he had. Sometimes we can have knowledge without having the wisdom of God to know how to apply that knowledge. And so may God give us the strength and uh, the obedience to take the instruction that is needed in our life that we can apply the knowledge that God has given us in the proper way. There, there's many things that when they are not applied properly, uh, uh, they get the job done, but it's a mess. And, you know, I've used the example before that uh, you can take a uh, crescent wrench. Some people now call them adjustable wrench. We used to call them crescent wrenches. And, uh, you know, I, I have a big one. Man, I got a huge one back there somewhere. It's about that long, and uh, it's really nice when we're doing those helium tanks and just whoop, whoop, and the thing comes right off. But you can take that crescent wrench, and you can drive nails with it. But it wasn't designed to drive nails. And there's a real downside to driving nails with a crescent wrench, especially if you've got some beautiful hardwood, because it's going to leave marks on that wood. Now, if you take one of those nice finish hammers like my dad used to have, and it's got that head, and on that head it's beveled and right there on that point to that end, you can literally drive that finish nail into that wood right up there to that point where it's in, and if you're you got all the other tools, you can do other things, and it won't put a dent in that wood. So the right tool used in the right way accomplishes a lot of things. 
And so in our, in our life, in our spiritual walk, we have to learn how to use the tools that we have and to use them correctly. Uh, for example, the Bible tells us to speak the truth in love. And so just proclaiming the truth within itself sometimes can hurt people. And we don't want to hurt people. We want to be a blessing to people. We, we want them to be strengthened and encouraged. And I, I was thinking this morning um, about knowledge and wisdom and, and learning how to do things in life. And I was thinking about how that our, our children get sick sometimes. And it's, it's a real inconvenience when your child gets sick. It, it disrupts your world. Uh, a true loving mother... Uh, I don't think probably would ever have these thoughts, but, uh, you know, I've heard of some idiots in the world, okay? Uh, being in the ministry, we, we get to see all types. And, you know, there are people that get mad and they punish their children for being sick. You know, that kid is sick. They, they just messed up the carpet, okay? We'll just leave it at that. And so they punish the kid for messing up the carpet. Well, the child didn't do it on purpose. They really didn't, you know, probably have much choice in the, in the matter. As they get a little older, you know, you say, hey, go to the bathroom if you've got that kind of problems. Uh, it's a lot easier to clean up in there. But um, the, they punish the child for being sick. And, and we realize and we know that's the exact opposite of what that child needs at that time in their life. They're sick. They need compassion. They need love. They, they need security that, uh, you know, hey, this is not your fault. Uh, uh, we're going to help you. We're going to take care of you, and, and you're going to get better. And, uh, you know, you're not going to live like this. This is, you know, this is not the end of life. This is not the way you're always going to be. Um, and so you love that child in their sickness. Now, later on, you may have to come back, and you may have to take care of some problems that you found out about before they got sick but while they're sick you're loving that that child and you're helping them till they get strong and they get better again and so spiritually speaking in life we see people that become spiritually sick and um, at times we we get tempted to say man they really need to be taught a lesson well no they're sick they need to get better uh and when it all falls out and it's all said and done, God is the best lesson teacher I know. He's the one that is the ob He's the one that's ultimately knowing how to teach people lessons, knowing how to teach us a lesson we know. And uh, so, you know, as a child of God and as a pastor of the church, something I realized a long time ago is that God didn't call me to be the sheriff. You know, to follow people around, whip out my six-seater, and I caught you. I'm not the sheriff. I, I'm, I'm not like the dentist. I'm not chasing people around saying, you need to pull that dirty, rotten, stinking tooth. I'm here doing my job in my place. I'm preaching the gospel uh, to those that want to hear it. And uh, the Bible talks about the only ones that are going to make it is the ones that will hear it. And that there's a famine in the land, there's people that don't want to hear the word. But when the anointed preaching of the word of God goes forth in our life, we're blessed. 
And I realize that there are times that uh, we can be in turmoil in our life. We can have great questions in our life. Uh, when we first come to God, there's a lot of questions, and, and we need that one-on-one time with the, the, the ministry and the pastor and the elders in our life, instructions. We have questions. We want things. We want guidance. We want advice. And those things are good or important. And uh, personally, when I make major decisions in my life, uh, I want some spiritual people around me. I go to my elders, people that I trust, and uh, ask them to pray with me about this situation uh, because uh, important things, I want to get them right the first time, if possible. I really do. I want to get them right. And so all of that is involved in the process of becoming a blessing in our life. Thou shall be a blessing. And God wants all of us, spiritually speaking, that we would put out that which we receive in, we take it and we process it, and we make it better, and we pass it on. Um, You know, there are those that they take in, and they take all the good, and then they just hand out the garbage. Uh, But may we make things better. May, May we strive to get a greater understanding. You know, I have a great desire to study the Word of God and to learn the Word of God, and Hey, I, I have spent, uh, I'm fixing to approach uh, having the Holy Ghost for 45 years. And I've, I've, I've done a lot of Bible study, and I've, I've learned a lot of the Word of God, and probably I have forgotten more than most preachers in this town ever knew. I'm not being arrogant, not being proud. I'm just telling you, I, I have consumed a lot of the Word of God. I love the Word of God. I go... And every time I get a chance, I want to go and hear the Word of God. But I still realize there is a lot more in that book that if I can grab a hold of it, I can be blessings to my church. I I can give them some principles. I can give them some more tools in their arsenal in their spiritual warfare. We need all the tools that we can get. Uh, Does America just suddenly say we've got the greatest army in the world and we got the best weapons in the world so now we can just sit around and have a party well they're not going to be at the top very long if they have that type of attitude they've got to determine uh times change society changes technology changes we've got to uh keep searching for what is there and in in our world today we we've got to spiritually uh keep searching just being in tune and there are some things that god gives us that transcends the ages there's some things that uh that are still good and they still work and they still work well um so we still use those tools that still work let's face it they're still using gasoline and the and diesel in the military vehicles that they drive across the land. They haven't found a better fuel source. They were using that in World War I, wasn't they? Same fuel source, gasoline, diesel, to drive those vehicles. We haven't changed that. That's still used. The vehicles look a little different now. They've, they've learned more about armor plating and more about this and more about that. And, 
and probably, in all honesty, the vehicles we have today break down a lot more than the ones back then. Um, but there, there is some things that reach out and, and they cross generation after generation after generation where we're still in the same thing that has to be used in the gospel uh, we come and there's some things that still happen we still come to the house of God and we worship God in spirit and in truth um, the words to the song may change uh, the person playing the instrument is going to change so it's going to be a different sound that's coming out of that instrument because each person has their own individual personality and their music that comes out of it's going to be influenced by that but we're still worshiping and praising the same God Jesus Christ so there's things that we were there uh, that will stay the same and we keep on going in that vein and as a result of it um, you know God's been talking to my heart lately and working on me uh, and so as a church let's continue to pray that uh, I'm going to put together some um, an old, I'm going to lay an old term on you here. We, we may rename this because sometimes names and titles that people have uh, automatically turn them off. Uh, but we used to call them tracks during the day. And we need some uh, written material that is anointed of God that we can share with people in our life that will give them the bait that will... Uh, draw them in to what God is trying to do in their life uh, and I think we need a lot of wisdom a lot of prayer working on some things uh, but we can share the good news of Jesus Christ share the gospel gospel means the good news share the gospel with those that are around us and those that are hungry and thirsty they are going to drink of it they're, they're going to come to the light our people in our world today, until they hear the gospel, until they hear the good news, until all of this comes into their world, they're in darkness. Light has to shine in. And not everybody is God going to draw them through the door automatically. It's, it's not going to happen that way. It's one step at a time. Some people are going to have to be touched in their world. The good news is going to have to come into their world. Uh, and their world consists of what? Their job, the place they go to shop, and the things that they do for fun, and home. I mean, boom, 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 boom. They, that's their world, and they, some of them don't ever travel outside of that circle. And something must come into that circle and shine some light into that darkness that they're in to help them to realize, hey, there is a way out. There are people that care about us. So then God in verse 3 says, I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse them. I will curse him that curse thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Today we have the promises of Abraham if we've been baptized in the name of Jesus. That's what it boils down to. There is the new covenant. It's not a circumcision made with hands. But when we've been born again, baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, we are now the spiritual seeds of Abraham, and we have these blessings that were promised to Abraham. 
Hebrews 11 and verse 8, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and went out not knowing whither he went. And that's a tough situation to be in in life, but we're all there. We all are living in a life that we don't know what tomorrow is going to hold. And so why can't we put the future in God's hands? Why can't we trust God's plan? We've seen the goodness and the mercy of God, the things that we've trusted God for today, the blessings that he's brought into our life, the happiness, the peace, the joy, uh, the salvation that he's brought. So we will continue to trust God for tomorrow by faith. Uh, thank God for the confirmation of the faith that we have. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 26, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye all are one in Christ Jesus. Verse 29, And if you be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Last here, the focus verse, Isaiah 51 and 2. Look unto Abraham your father and to Sarah that bear you, for I called him alone and blessed him and increased him. So God call will go out to us and it is a spiritual call that comes to humanity and as we were praying today and uh, getting ready for church sister weeks uh, sung the song uh, about the storm that was in her life and those that asked her how did you make it through the storm and um, the weeks have been through some storms in their life. They've, they've had some turns in life that you shake your head and say, man, I'm sure glad I haven't had to go through that. And literally, uh, the conclusion of the matter is you, you just hold on to God. You just keep on going on. I can remember it was a week ago. We were coming home on Saturday night, and that terrible storm blew in, and the rain was blowing. And uh, you were going down the road, and, uh, you know, somebody said, Hey, why don't you pull off to the side of the road? But you didn't really know where the side of the road was. Uh, you could see the lines where the road was, and, uh, you know, you just kept going on. You know, that you really wasn't safe until you got to the light. When you were driving out in the country and it was dark, uh, you weren't safe because somebody coming along, the road wasn't marked very good, you were sitting there on the side of the road, they're going to run you over. You had to just keep going on. As long as you could see the road, as long as you could see the marks and and uh, to make sure that nobody was in front of you uh, was what you were worried about is somebody stopping in the road. 
So you just kept going on. And you got where you were going. Why? Because you were on the right road. You were on the right road. And you know that when the storm Maybe the storm would be over. Maybe not. It didn't it cease. We just finally got to Seminole and got home, the place of safety. The storm kept raging. But because we were on the right road, we finally got to the place of safety. And there are times in your life that during the week, uh, you just keep going on. You just keep praying and knowing, hey, I've just got to keep going until I can get the church. Because this church is the place of safety. And if I can get to the house of God, if I can just get there, then I know that I'm going to receive from God what I need to calm the storms in my life. There's peace and there's safety in the house of God. God's love and there's mercy there. There's people that love me there. There are people that care for me in the house of God. People that understand the storm that I'm in and and they will encourage me and strengthen me and, and do what they can to help me through this storm. Now, there's no great and wonderful light I can turn on and make the storm go away. It's not that the storm don't affect me. I'm big and I'm brave. And No, no, I just keep on going. I know I, I can't stop. I've just got to make it to the place of safety got to make it into the house of God so we just keep moving on just keep walking on and as a result of that we keep doing what God wants us to do what God has called us to do and it's almost like the garden growing you woke up one day and you scratched your head and say you know what there's a bloom on that plant now I didn't think that thing was ever going to grow up and start bearing fruit. I looked out there, and it just, see, 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 see. Jonathan looked at his pepper plant yesterday, and he's almost concluded that his pepper plant ain't going to make it. It may not. That pepper plant may have drowned. But the sun is shining today. The sun will shine a lot this summer and those plants are going to take that sunshine and some of them may not make it but those that just hold on until the sun gets there they're going to grow they're going to grow they're going to get strength and they will bear fruit and so we as we walk with God realize it's a process and there is things that are happening it's small it's here or there and just one step at a time and uh wow it's it's awesome to to be a part of what god is doing to see god's goodness god's mercy going forth and i'm thankful that i am a part of god's church here was abraham god called him out of the ur of the chaldeans on page three you can see here that he was living with his family uh, living with people that he was comfortable with, but it was a heathen land. It was a place full of evil, a place full of uh, idol worshipers. In the New Testament, 
Paul charged the church in several different places, talking to them, uh, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Uh, come out from among them, be you separate, saith the Lord, touch not the unclean thing. Um, he, he warned them. He says uh, evil communications corrupts good manners. How that in our life we uh, are in the world, but we're not a part of the world. We don't belong in the world's system. I don't belong in the world's flow. I'm not uh, comfortable with what the world is doing, how the world communicates, how the world phrases things, what the world is interested in. I don't have that interest in my life. I am a child of God, and I am different than the world. Thank God for that. So, um, Abraham was called out. Um, it was obedience that sparked Abraham to follow after God. Along the way and along the journey, there are some uh, daily inspirations, I'm sure, that Abraham had. Because God promised Abraham that every place that he put his foot down, that God was going to give that land to his uh, children. It would be an inheritance. And so I'm sure there were days that Abraham, as he was walking, saying, I'm going to take big steps today because I want all the land I can get today for God. then there were days that Abraham would look around him and say, man, where are these children that God has promised me? I don't even have an heir. I don't have... And then the clock keeps ticking on. He's 40 years old. He's 50 years old. He's 60 years old. He's 70 years old and still don't have any children. The world goes by. That hey God you trust in left you kind of high and dry, didn't he, Abby? Oh, I got a promise. My heirs. What heirs? <laughs> Hot air, maybe. <laughs> um, but he had that promise. Mark 10 Jesus states here, Verily, verily, I say unto you, there is no man that has left house or brethren or sisters or fathers or mothers or wife or children or land for my sake and the gospels, but he shall receive a hundredfold now and this time houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the world to come eternal life. So we have that promise from God that whatever it is that the kingdom of God cost us that God is going to keep a track and keep a record of that in our carnality we want things now God doesn't deal in the same economy that we live in uh, and it took time for things to happen but in the fullness of time God's plan is revealed and we see the beauty of it so whatever it costs us to live for God, God is going to restore. God's going to bless. God's going to, to give that back unto us. Uh, so in one sense, we can have something within us that says, all right, devil, go ahead and steal it. 
I'm, I'm willing to allow God to give it back to me. Go ahead and you say, this is what it's going to cost me to live for God? Okay, it's all right. Because when God balances the books, he said a hundredfold restoration. God does it right. He, he makes things balance right. He puts things right when we trust in him, when we walk with him. Abraham had the promise of God for protection. And in his walk and in his time, he did face some difficult times. We uh, can remember some times that Abraham was trying to figure out all this God business and how that God was going to take care of him and what was happening. And he had people in his world that he was afraid of. So we see the time that um, even his wife was in danger. And God, in Abraham's stupidity, took care of him. Somebody else took his wife and was going, because Abraham had said that Sarah was his sister instead of his wife and was going to try to marry her, et cetera, et cetera, and, and God wouldn't let it happen. God uh, made things right with Abraham. Uh, so when we trust God, we may do some stupid things in our life, but if we'll continue to to seek after God and make things right, God will take care of us in all of the things of life that are there. So that's what happened to Abraham. God took care of him through this whole situation. Um, Continuing on here. God's promises were also to Sarah, his wife. And the angel finally came to Abraham and, and told him, you're going to have a son. And when Sarah heard this, what did she do? She laughed. She laughed at the promises of God. That's a normal reaction to sometimes. We... we God makes a promise and we laugh. How, how in the world are you going to do that, God? Here was Sarah, and I don't think I'm showing her any disrespect by calling her an old lady. And God promises that she's going to have a child. And in order for that to happen, there has to be major physical changes that hop happens to her body. Do you realize that Sarah probably was the best looking grandma that anybody's ever seen in their life? Because all of those physical changes brought back all of the chemicals and all of the things of life that made her look young again. Because it was the things that happen at that particular time in life suddenly this old lady looks like some 21 year old chick you know because of all of the changes that had to take place in her body in order for her to be able to conceive and have children so uh wow 
Yeah, just think about the downside, sister. No. Oh. But do do you think she really had to go through menopause a second time? If God, yeah, Abraham didn't kill her, did he? Um, if if God could run the clock backwards and He could run it forward, um, but whatever happened there, we don't know. Don't say. But what we do know, though, she had a kid, so we do know that. There was a lot of blessings of God that were involved in this. Uh, so Sarah uh, had a lot that happened to her in this whole promise that God had made into her world and her faithfulness to Abraham uh, through all of the problems that were held and all the things that happened was there. God's promise was fulfilled. Many times, the way God does things is not the way that we expect. And it's not the time that we expect. God's plan is, is awesome. God's plan is great. But we are taken through God's system of education, God's system of trust, God's uh, desire to perfect us, to complete us, to get the impurities out of us to show us and to expose to us our weaknesses. Why do they take the steel and put all the heat on the steel? To purify it. They're getting the impurities out of it. Because if there's impurities mixed in with that steel, then you've got an inferior product that is weak because it will break. It has areas in there that just don't hold together. That steel design, you get that pure steel that is in there, it binds together, it holds together, it doesn't break, it doesn't fall apart. And so, uh, in order to be a tool that God can use and God can trust to do the work, He wants to get the impurities out of us. Because there's going to be the great battle, there's going to be the spiritual battles that come, there's going to be the devils that we fight, there's going to be the people that we have to work with. And uh, as Brother Booker was talking about uh, in the encampment in Little Rock a few years ago, that God put him through the process of him getting his angry uh, anger rather under control, getting his temper under control, preparing him for a pastoral ministry. Because when you deal with people, people are going to make you angry in life. And people are going to come up with crazy and weird things right out of left field. I was reading a story about this father that was dealing with his children. He had two sons, and uh, they were playing around, and it got to the point where that they were roughhousing, and they were fixing to hurt each other. And so he grabbed the kids up and separated them, and uh, the biggest kid, he took him upstairs and set him down on the bed he says, hey, y'all can't, you know, you're going to have to be separated for the rest of the afternoon. You can't play together. You can't be around each other. Uh, you know, this has got to cool off, and et cetera. And, uh, you know, the kids looked at him, and he shook his head. And the kid looked at him and says, Dad, are you thinking what I'm thinking? And the father said, well, maybe I finally got through to the kid. You know, maybe the message is finally getting through. 
And the dad said, what? And the kid said, fried chicken. <laughs> it done left the problem and was thinking about he was hungry. Fighting, it don't really matter if you got fried chicken, you know, get something to eat here, you, get, get, you know. Um, and we sometimes are not on the same page that God's on. We're thinking about fried chicken when God is trying to bring peace. God is trying to make our world orbit, make everything in sync, put all the things together. And we're worried about fried chicken. Um, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you our God knows that we have need of them God we want it yesterday but we're not going to get it yesterday because there's the law of the harvest that is involved in there. God is not going to violate his laws. He wants us to realize those laws are there. And he wants to teach us how to use those laws. Now there's a beautiful thing about the law of the harvest. Because you plant. And then though when you reap. Your crop is a lot greater than your planting. And so he wants us to teach that principle that we can sow rather than consume. You could eat that corn or you can plant that corn. And so God wants those principles to be in our life that we can realize, yes, we do have to have some corn to make it. We give us this day our daily bread. We, we need something to sustain this day. We need something to take us through this day. But in that process, I also need to sow something today. I also need to put a crop in the ground. I also need to put a crop in heaven. I need to build upon the things because I want the blessings to flow on out from me. I want to be that vessel that God can use. God's promise was fulfilled. Isaac was born. Then where were all the scoffers? Then where were all the... Well, God will shut up your critics. He will. He will silence the mouth of the naysayers in his time, in his process. We'll be patient. We'll trust in God and allow God's promises to go down. Think about Joseph when he was standing there on the throne and there was his ten brothers for the first time bowing down before him. There was a lot of emotions that were going through Joseph's mind about right then. Probably one of the first thoughts that came into his mind is, <laughs> told you so. But it didn't take very long because of the character that I know that Joseph had that he looked out there and, and saw their 
dirty clothes and the rags that they had on and the bones that were showing because they were starving to death and the fear that was in the eyes and there's probably a couple of them that were sick and the pain that they were experiencing and he felt so very very sorry for them if only they would have believed me oh thank God that I was faithful because now I can really really bless my brother I'll be able to take care of them when they had a chance they didn't take care of me but that's all because what they meant for evil, God has so blessed it and turned it into good. And now I'm going to be able to take care of them. I don't have to worry about, can I help my brother? There was no doubt in Joseph's mind. Hey, I've got these boys taken care of. They're not going to have to worry about another buy the food the rest of their life they're not going to have to worry about where they lay their head they're, they're not going to have to turn another dirt clod to live they're going to have somebody to swat the flies for them and squeeze the lemonade these boys have got it made they just don't know it yet because Joseph paid the price of faithfulness to God regardless of what situation that he went through and there are times that we ask God for things and he doesn't answer that prayer it's because God knows that we are not willing to pay the price He's been merciful to us, but not answering our prayer. He, he is showing great mercy and great goodness upon us because we're not ready to pay that price yet. That's not something we're willing to endure. That's not something we're willing to go through. That's not something we're willing to happen. We're not willing to give up our sleep in the middle of the night. We're not, we're not willing to have that type of pressure upon us where that we are at a place where that the only answer is a miracle from God faith can move mountains but it takes faith to move the mountains and faith is not our own abilities that we trust in faith is when we are trusting in God's abilities and let's face it, as long as we've got the ability to do it, we really don't trust God much for it. Amen. Um, I don't think there's probably anyone here today that um, is in the back of their mind saying, Lord, if I'm going to eat today, it's going to be you that brings the food. All of us, God has blessed us. He's been so kind and so gracious that we have planted and we have harvested the planting and we've got the crop there and it's by God's blessings that we're eating today and I think all of us realize that it's God's blessings that we're eating today it's it's not our great intellect our great abilities 
You know, we didn't invent the law of the harvest. We didn't invent seed. We didn't invent the ground and all the nutrients in it and the sun up there and the water and the planets and the clouds and the rain. And No, we're just taking advantage of what God has given us, obeying the laws that he's there. And we have to obey the laws of harvest. And you wonder why people don't realize that they got to obey the other laws that God put into effect if they want things to work. But we do, we will find ourselves in, in times and places where that our abilities are stretched. We are not there. All of us have those type of things in our life. I have things in my life right now that uh, I, I was praying on the way to church today, talking to God and saying, Lord, I don't have any way to do this. You're going to have to do it. Lord, I'm, I just don't see. But I know, Lord, you want that to happen. I know that's your will, God, but I can't make it happen give me wisdom and guidance lord what do i need is there something i need to do to help this process along i've far as i know lord i've planted all the seeds and they haven't come up but maybe there's something else i need to do maybe there's some weeds i need to pull get where i'm going here amen so <clears throat> they are going to be things in our life and if there's not something in your life that god needs to do we'll pray and, and find out what it is because uh, God wants to make us bigger. God wants to expand our horizon. God wants us to live in a universe where we realize that there's greater things. There's greater things to come. And uh, we start out with faith. We start out building what we've got. And we get into the place and the point where, hey, yes, God is blessed. And there's a lot of great blessings around me. But God's even bigger than this. God gave Abraham a spiritual heritage in Galatians chapter 3. Page number 7, middle of the page. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is every one that hangeth on a tree, that the blessings of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Jesus paid the price that we might have the blessing, that we might be grafted in, that we might be a part of God's wonderful kingdom today. In the next few days and weeks, it, summertime is coming. Kids will be out of school in a short while, and lots of activities and lots of things are going on. Summertime is a time where people have uh, extra time on their hands sometimes there's daylight there's blessings and curses to that some people get so wrapped up in their carnality that uh, in the summer they don't have time to do nothing but uh, sunlight at nighttime people are a lot more comfortable in getting out so let's be praying about uh, some revival services this summer and some outreach things this summer as a church uh, extra time uh, that we give people the opportunity to come. Uh, we live in a world that very diverse work schedule. You have some people that work on Sundays, some people that work on Wednesday nights, and so it's difficult for them to come to services in that time period. So a uh, revival-type service on a, a Friday night, a Saturday night, uh, whatever God lays on our heart would be extra time for these people to come. Also, there's uh, people that attend uh, what they feel is faithfully their place of worship, and uh, 
They need to become and introduced to apostolic worship, uh, spirit and truth worship. So it's great to have these extra services that come in. And also, uh, we are greater than just Seminole, Oklahoma. God does a work all over the world, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to bring in some other ministers from other areas uh, that can preach and, and bring their fresh anointing and their fresh blessings and testimonies to the congregation. It's always a blessing to have that. So uh, we have a call as a people upon us personally in our life to grow, uh, spiritually growth in your life, uh, reading the Bible, understanding the Bible, obeying the Bible, trusting in God. And then as a church, uh, we've got a call for growth this summer to have a greater outreach than we've ever had before. Reach out to our world around us because we're living in the last days we we're living in a time period that we need to reach out to people and get a hold to people uh on many many different facets and many many different levels uh people are needing god wickedness perversion uh destruction on every hand we don't know America's playing with Iran and nuclear weapons, and, uh, you know, as kids, you know, you get the, the bully. Oh, let me have let me have the ball. I don't just want to play with it. I'm not going to hurt nobody, and you give the bully the ball, and what does he do? He turns around and beans somebody with it, you know. Um, we don't know what's going to happen in our world. We want to bring Jesus to our world here in Seminole though there's hurting people all around us for many on many many different levels many of them have got themselves into the place in, that they're in but many of them have just got trapped by the devil and they don't know any way out and may we shine light into the world let's stand together and ask God amen to give us strength to be a witness dear God Lord we ask you to reach down and touch us God you see Lord summer is approaching oh God we want to be a witness God, we want to have revival in our land, oh God. We want to reach out to those that are around us, dear God. Some way and somehow, dear 